Welcome to LifePoint. My name is Rob Perry. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. We're glad that you're here as we kick off this new series called Fine Print. And for those that are joining online, watching the video, thanks for joining as well. Last week, having that celebration was a great way to end the series, Finding Your Way Back to God. I mean, that story about that son who through all of his own bad decisions finds himself far away from, from his father. Yet when he came to his senses and turned and headed home, what did he find? He found his father there, coming toward him, welcoming him home. Jesus' story captivated people back then, and what we experienced, it's still captivating people. Because it's such a beautiful and a powerful story of what we can come to expect from God our Father, that he is there opening up his arms for us to return home. Not just once, but over and over again. There are so many celebratory moments over the past few weeks in this series. I wish that you could have seen them all. I'm going to give you a a glimpse into just some of them, but I wish that you could hear the stories that we get to hear. There's a young couple who opened up the Bible for the very first time and started reading it together. And it was something that they now look forward to each week. There was uh, the cards that we gave out and people filled out in somewhere in that series and brought it down front. And the youth, you, wrote on there that you want to pursue God with all that you have and you pledged purity over pleasure. That's something to celebrate. At our Crossroads location today, one of the baptisms is a person who struggled with addiction, came down after the second service and just said to John, I'm trying to find my way back to God. I'm ready to be baptized and and anything else that he wants me to do. They were celebrating. I spoke to somebody who had been away from the church for over 30 years. Away from church, away from God, came and just engaged with the series and uh, did the text to receive those encouraging, supporting texts during each day of the series. And that person received them, saved them, and looked at each one regularly every day. It was a highlight of his day something to celebrate. Then the baptisms. I remember a man of my age, and if you were here, you remember this, a man stood in the waters while his father, on the side of him, his father who raised him in godly ways, trained him up, was there to baptize him and celebrate the day that his son has a relationship with his heavenly father. Are those not things to celebrate? That was a great, great series. And so as our teaching team in advance looked at what do we teach when, we looked at this finding your way back to God time slot. And we knew that many people would find their way back to God, some for the very first time, but others using this time to remember once again the love and the grace of God our Father. And we always want to teach that here at LifePoint. But we also felt that this time following that series was an excellent time to emphasize that finding your way back to God 
is all about a relationship. For some, it's establishing that relationship for the very first time. And for others, it's just reestablishing that relationship. I want to use this time to help us understand that the life of a Christ follower is more than just accepting the big promise. And so over the next few weeks, we want to look at what does it look like moving forward as one of the followers of Jesus? What does that look like? Because the last thing we would want is for us to, to have you just say, I agree, and then move on. To say, God, I want your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, and then stop right there. Or to say, I love your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, God, and then live life as if you're waiting for the ax to drop, that something, there's some catch there. There's this danger that we can agree to something that we don't fully understand. I know this all too well. I'm going to date myself here. But how many of you remember opening up the Sunday paper, Parade Magazine, or a comic book and seeing this? Yeah. The whole older crowd's laughing. Those are eight tracks. The youth know what that is as well. What I can say uh, for the young ones among us, um, Columbia House is like Spotify of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I think it went into the 90s. But I mean, you could get 11 records or tapes for a penny. And if you put that penny in the right spot, you got the 12th one for free. <laughs> now, now, you just had to sign up for a few extras, right? You'd buy so many over the next few months or year. And so I remember my brother and my sister, my older sister, my younger brother, we're pouring over the selections. We're like, Mom and Dad, how could we lose? I mean, this seems like an excellent deal. A penny. And so we made our selections, and then the brown truck came by, and we hit the jackpot. That box arrived. We're on the kitchen table. We're opening up. My younger brother opens up his, his grabs it. He picked Barry Manilow. <laughs> Now, I, he's here, and for those that know him, please give him a hard time, but I must confess, I know all the words to Barry Manilow as well. I liked it. Sister ordered Jackson Brown, I ordered Boston, and I must confess, I think I had an air supply in there as well. But then there was that, that form that you had to fill out every month and get it back to him, but somewhere in there was buried the date you had to get it back, or else you got the feature of the month. Let's just say in my household, we had a lot of the features of the month at our house. And um, my parents didn't let that go on for too long because the kids did not have a job, so we didn't need bills. How many of you have ever agreed to something that you didn't fully understand? So often we can, yes, I want the big promise. I want that. But then there is a catch down below in the fine print. I know that you have done this. I know I'm not the only one. You have agreed to things before you read all of that verbiage in a home warranty, software that was supposedly free, 
you have done this. You, you agreed to something that you didn't fully understand and that there was some legalese or some fine print that spelled it out. Here's the deal with Jesus. He never buried things. He never tried to trick people and, and have some fine print somewhere where he would explain the real details. He was actually very, very clear. His teachings may have been tough, but he's very clear. And so we want to use this series to look at what would it be for me and for you as Christ followers to truly follow him. What would it look like if he was leading and we were sold out there behind him following him? What does that kind of life cost? What does it actually look like? What does that cost look like? And so that's what this series about fine print is all about. So we're going to get started. Ushers, if you will come down. They have Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we would love for you to go home with one. Just take that with you. It's a gift from the church. If you've forgotten your Bible, you can pick one up as well and just return it on the way back, on the way out. Well, Jesus was very clear. And often he would be really clear in large crowds. And that's where we kind of find the scene as we come to look at Jesus' teaching in Luke 9 today. So you can turn to Luke 9 and in your notes, on your note card, take a pen and write down, because this account shows up in other Gospels. And so I want you to be able to look at them later on this week. Write down Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 through 42, and then Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through the end, actually goes in to chapter 9. So Matthew 10, Mark 8. And set the, the stage. Jesus is pretty popular right now. He's got his disciples. He's close to the disciples. The crowds are following him. And there's one well-known disciple, Peter. And Peter has this moment that he just declared. He said, Jesus, you are the Messiah. It's like him taking his, his chips and pushing them to the table, middle of the table, and saying, I intend to follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. And so it's on the heels of all of that that Jesus' teaching comes into play. And it's almost as if Jesus is saying, I don't want anyone to agree to something that they don't fully understand. So let me be clear on what it means to follow me. Look at verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. But today we're going to just look at this one verse. We're actually going to only look at seven words in this verse. And I told my wife that last night, and her immediate reaction was, which ones? So you're probably wondering the same thing. Let's get started. Let's look at the first one. First word is if. Jesus isn't commanding people to do something that they don't want to do. If means there is a choice. If means there's an option. And when we hear if, there are some of you that are immediately going, yeah, if this, the program me, then... What? I want to see what that is. 
Well, Jesus is going to get there. We are going to get there. Not today. The then part. What I want to do is help us look at the peace that all of this hinges on, and I don't want us to miss it. And it's that if you want to be my follower, you have a choice. I have a choice. It reminds me of when I was part of the music program in high school. My dad was my band teacher, and so I had him in symphonic band, jazz band, orchestra, marching band. And he would often, at the beginning of each of these things, whether he would stand behind a music podium with the stick or he was on a ladder out in the parking lot where we marched, he would say something like this, I am glad that you are here. I want you here. We are going to spend time together. We're going to make music together. But in the end, it is your choice whether you want to be here or not. If you decide to be here, here is what I expect of you. And that's what Jesus is getting at. And he says, if. And if means you have a choice. Adults often feel like they have choices. I have not been young in a long time, <laughs> a very long time. But I know that often it can feel like choices are made for you that your parents have made those choices. But I can tell you whether as a Christ follower, an adult or you're younger, we are the same as a Christ follower. We have the option to follow or not. Yet I think there are some people that feel that it's not for them. He doesn't mean me. And so I want to look at the next few words, and that is, if any of you, if any of you, those three words, any of you, who's you? You is anyone. It's everyone. Jesus is being very clear on his invitation to this deal. Who is it for? It's not closed. It's out there for everyone, it's an open invitation. Yet I believe there are some people in here that feel, I know he says anyone, but it is not for me because you don't know what I did. You don't know what I said to that person. You don't know how I hurt them. You just don't know. I haven't come to church regular enough to feel worthy. I don't know the Bible enough. So yes, Jesus says any of you, but he does not mean everyone. He does not mean me. Perhaps you can relate to Matthew because he felt the same way. Matthew, a disciple of Jesus. But his name was Levi. And that probably meant that his parents had different plans for him because the tribe of Levi, you, your destiny was to be a priest. And so his friends and his family probably didn't like him. Why? Because he turned out to be a tax collector for the Roman government, which was the enemy of the Jewish people. And when, when you read in Scripture, you'll see that when they talk about tax collectors, you'll read it in phrases like the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and the sinners. And so there's the sinners, then there's the professional sinners like the tax collectors and all those. That's where they put Matthew. 
because he went to the people and he taxed them. He, he, he oppressed them, got the tax, gave the government their piece and pocketed the rest. People didn't like tax collectors at all. And so Matthew did not expect that God would ever want him. And then Jesus shows up and says two words, follow me to Matthew. This is crazy because the rabbis of the day, they had qualifications that you had to meet. Like kids going to college today, you, SAT, ACT, there were qualifications that you had to pass in order to be a student of that teacher. Why? Because the students were a reflection of the teacher. And so it's crazy to think that Jesus has not, it's not about the qualifications of somebody. His invitation is open to anyone that wants to follow. Why do we know Matthew's story? Because Matthew wrote it down, first book of the New Testament. He couldn't believe that Jesus would ever do that for him. And so he wrote the biography of Jesus in Matthew. It stunned him that Jesus would want that, that it would be open to everyone. And just as an aside here, if Jesus' truth is for everyone, then don't you think that the local church ought to swing open those doors and let anyone in here and let God do the transformational work when we raise up the truth and present that and let God do the transformation? So often we want questions. Do you let certain kind of people in these doors? Yes, because this place would be empty if we started having qualifications. Jesus said, if any of you. That's from Matthew, that's from me, that's for you. And then the last three words I want to look at, and that is, if any of you wants to be my follower. Be my follower is the phrase I want to look at, but... I think it's better, the idea that I want to have us see and focus on is better seen and recognized in other translations. So the ESV has this translation, NIV 84, probably New King James has it, and that is, um, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That phrase, come after I think really captures what Jesus was getting at when he was saying, you're to follow me. Because Jesus said, you are to love me with all that you have, with all that you got. So this loving relationship, and I think the phrase come after makes sense. When you think of somebody that you're, you're pursuing passionately because you love them, then this idea makes sense because we are to love Jesus. Think of somebody that you love, that you're pursuing, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a spouse. For me, it takes me back to 1984, the summer on Cape Cod where my parents and our family stayed from June until September. We stayed at my wife's grandparents' campground and she would work there. And on that summer of 1984, I remember seeing her. She caught my eye but I never thought she would have been interested in me. So I didn't say a thing. 
And she came into the camp store where our family worked. And with two weeks left, she comes in, this beautiful girl comes in with a homemade blueberry pie with blueberries that she picked and gave it to me and my family. I never had a girl do that for me. And her pursuit of me caught my eye. And so that next day, we started dating. I guess dating. We defined the relationship. And in those 14 days, we did things like we went to the drive-in movies. We walked the jetty. We walked the pier. We went to the beach. We walked the sandbar, picked up shells. We went to candy, Penny Candy Store and ate saltwater taffy. We went and had spiritist pizza out on the tip of Cape Cod. We did all of those things. And then came the day when she was leaving. I said my goodbyes, but I knew that she would be driving by the highway at a certain time. And so I didn't tell her, but I drove my car and tucked away because I wanted to see her one last time before she, we, our long-distance relationship started. And there she went. And you could find me probably at nighttime because I wasn't working. I'd be in that camp telephone booth looking up at the stars while she was in Georgia, and we'd just be talking about the things we liked, didn't like, and, and what we saw up there. I immediately got home that fall. I was supposed to go to college in Massachusetts. I immediately started looking for schools down where she was going. She went to Chapel Hill. There's no way I was getting in there. So... <laughs> So I started looking at schools, and I ended up at a, a school down in Southern Virginia. And just five months after meeting her, I transferred down to that school. And I remember my parents dropping me off that day. And, well, actually, we had a day together. It was my last day with my parents. I hadn't been away at all. And then it dawned on me, I've got a whole afternoon free. What do I want to do? <laughs> Mom and Dad, will you drive three and a half hours? over to Chapel Hill so that I can surprise Kim and we can sit in Burger King and have a Coca-Cola together and then we can drive three and a half hours back and they did it. And we went, we had that and then for that four years, if we did not write letters every day, we wrote them every other day until four and a half years later when I married Kim and I can tell you that we may not have pursued each other as crazy as that over the last 27 plus years, but we have continued to pursue each other that way. And that's what Jesus is calling us to to pursue. If you pursue somebody that you love like that, it makes you seemingly do irrational things, illogical things. Time doesn't matter. You make the time. You spend time with them. You talk for hours because you want to get to know them. Emotionally, spiritually, you're investing. Financially, you're investing. You just want to get to know them. And so it is to be with our relationship with Jesus, the one we are to love. That's what it's supposed to be like. But so often, here's what it's like. It's like couples that I sit with or one part of the couple that says, I've lost the feeling. We just don't, we don't get along anymore. I'm struggling. We just need to go our ways. Is because somewhere along the line, one of them, if not both of them, stopped pursuing each other and got distracted by stuff and things and their love got 
lost and they grew apart. And Jesus is saying, he's laying it out here. If you want to follow me, you've got to come after me like that. And please don't get the picture as if Jesus is running away. No, he's running towards you. He's just saying, come and love me with all of that. What would it look like if we had our come after moments for Jesus? What would that look like? And that's what I want. In in just the minutes that I have left, I want to just share some things that I've seen recently demonstrated of people just pursuing Jesus so that they can get to know him more. It certainly isn't a comprehensive list, but maybe you can find yourself somewhere in some of these examples. There were people that wrote down on the cards during the last series. They wrote different words, but in the end it was similar. Phrases like, I am lonely, I am hurting, God feels distant, and I'm just trying to find my way back to him. What did they do? They pursued him by taking life's healing choices. This is more than a plug for the class. This is a step that somebody took to say, I know Jesus can meet me in my suffering and I'm going to go take that group and find out how that is and I want to learn more about him. Maybe that's your come after moment. There are others that got baptized that didn't have that relationship with Jesus until those moments. And so they're going to starting point to to hear God's full story and to understand it. And there are others here that maybe you're like, I understand it, but I need the refresher. I would love to see what this, is there really a story again that threads through this whole thing? Take starting point. Listen, as you grow closer to him, he's going to, it's biblical, draw you to other people. So you are to be connected. If you're not, that's why we have things like findmygroup.com. Get connected. As you pursue him, he'll move you out to pursue others. There was a prayer request uh, last week in caps. Yay, I got my study Bible. I didn't talk to this person. This is exciting because here's what I know. Study Bibles like the NIV study Bible, the ESV study Bible, they're not cheap. They go for like $40 to $75 that person had to prioritize their life, their finances to get the Bible that they so wanted because they're loving being in God's word and want to learn more. And so they made it a priority. Maybe that's for you because it is the biggest way that we come to know Jesus is through God's word. And so maybe you need to be, start saving for They call it a better Bible, but a study Bible. Until then, use free tools like BibleStudyTools.com. But maybe that's your next step. I was talking to a a couple that said, we're taking our faith to a new level. We've always come to church, but we need to move outside these walls and start to see where God is moving and then be willing to be part of it. Like in some really powerful ways that you'd be like, you need to think twice about that. But maybe for some of you, you're going to say, do I really trust God? Maybe I'm going to start praying and saying, Lord, help me to have, like, help me to see the moments where you're acting and give me the courage to step into that and stand up for what you're doing and, and stand up for the truth. 
Don't sit there and, and point out everything that we're against. Stand up for what you believe. I saw somebody else three weeks ago. It was Sunday. I said, hey, what changed? You're here. They said, my job changed. I was able to, to change jobs so that I could be part of my local church. It was that important to somebody. Now, you're here. You're like, that doesn't apply to me. I'm here. But maybe you have to prioritize some other things such that you can feed yourself spiritually. And so extracurricular activities, it may be a job, but make some changes there so that you can pursue Jesus and know him more. Maybe that's what you need to do. One of the last examples, I know several people that are apprenticing this fall. What is that? It's when somebody goes alongside of another leader in a group and helps lead that group. One of the persons said, you know what? I've been through a lot in my life, and I just want to be there for others so that I can help them pursue Jesus, whatever they're going through. And you see, that person knows when they do that, they are going to grow in their relationship with Jesus in the process. And so maybe stepping out of being a group member into being an apprentice and leading others is what's next for you. Talk to your group leader. Talk to one of us down here after, after the service. Those aren't exhaustive lists at all, but hopefully you were able to find yourself somewhere in there. If not, come down. Let's pray. Let's talk after the service. Imagine if all of us, imagine if some of us just left here today and were committed to passionately pursuing Jesus, the one we love, in such a way. Imagine what that would be like. And don't think that you're disqualified. Go back and watch Find My Way Back to God series because he says, if anyone, if you choose to, it's open to everyone. Here's what I know will happen. If you passionately pursue him like that, you will find him. He will help you grow in a deeper knowledge of him. And naturally out of that, he's going to move you toward others to love them. And I'll tell you what, that love is going to be contagious and it's going to draw others to him which means you're fulfilling the mission of this church, which is the mission of Jesus Christ, and that is to introduce people to him and go tell others about him. What does your relationship, your pursuit of him look like? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your word and for Jesus who, who prayed that through his disciples and others that, those, that other people would come to know you. I'm one of those. Others are here a part of that group. And Paul prayed, remove everything in my life so that I can know the power of Jesus and his resurrection. It's just our simple prayer. Help us to know how to pursue you better as we leave this door today than when we walked in. And then give us the courage to move into that. And it's in your son's name that we pray this. Amen.